0: Send one of theirs to the morgue you don't know what times are daddy. a paradigm shift
1: welcome back everyone to another episode of uh, would you shut the hell up i'm trying to do this i'm trying to. we didn't make it two seconds into the podcast and you are already butchered this is already a train wreck i'm already pissed I'm sorry Really mad. Let's go. Finish the intro. Welcome back, everyone. So, before I was rudely interrupted. You welcome, interrupted
0: yourself there.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Missing the Marks, everybody, a podcast where two friends talk about everything and anything under the sun, including wrestling. We love wrestling here. We're big wrestling marks. You know, we like everything from WWE, just we wish it was better, to AEW, to stardom. If it's, if it's got choppy chops and uh, fighting, we watch it. And as always, you can find us here on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcasts and services around the world, around the planet, in the universe, where Voyage is at, currently outside the freaking uh, solar system and stuff. We're all, all over the place, baby! Hopefully the aliens are, are hearing us or something, wherever the hell intelligent life is at. Sure ain't on this podcast. I'm <laughs> just kidding, not right now. <laughs> but as always, we got we got four four interviews now up. And if you want to see our lovely mugs, we got them up on YouTube, at Missing the Marks. You can just put that in the YouTube search bar, Missing the Marks, and look up any of our four interviews with Chip Garrison. We love Chip here. Every bro, f- friend of the podcast. Uh, they're all friends of the podcast. Uh, Brooke Havoc, leader of the emo heads. She's, hopefully, she comes back soon and starts to tear it up. And also, the, the lovely, the handsome, the one who validated that Star Wars Episode 3 is the best Star Wars. That is Alan Angel's. And if you want to watch all those episodes, you definitely can. But, again, welcome back to another episode of Missing the Marks. And happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, mother figures, all the female Uncle Phil's, Aunt Viv's, anyone who you consider a mom or motherly figure who was ever inspiration or anything of that sort. Wish them all the love and the best to them. Happy Mama's Day. Kyle, how's your mom doing? How was your Mother's Day, Kyle?
0: That was good, dog. I actually before I get into that, dude, you got really good. You got really good at this intro and stuff. Yeah, I I've been listening to some of the older podcasts just like to see like where we can improve on and like how far we've come and man, look at you, making little progress. I'm proud of you. Uh but yeah, uh, my mother's day was pretty good. I got home a couple hours ago, went down to San Antonio, visited uh, my grandma and my mom. It was fun hanging out. Uh, they got my fiance addicted to a new show on uh, what is it, like TLC? So I'm gonna have to be watching that every week. So thank you, mom, for that. Wait, what show uh, is that? uh well, oh God, what was it? It was another one. It was a uh, what was it called? The Seven Something?
1: Is it that Seven boat something. show where they're on the boat, yacht, or whatever? And it's like the private yachts and just the crew? Of the no, no, yachts. no. Oh, it,
0: it's it's called Seven Little Johnstons. It's a it's like a reality show about a a family with dwarfism and uh and and I guess this is one of like the less drama filled ones and uh. And he really, really got into it with my mom. My mom showed it, like, the first two episodes. And now uh, that's going to be our weekly dinner <laughs> dinner watching. So thank you, Mom, for that, I guess. Dan, you got wrecked. <laughs> I know, dude. Like, man, I, I, I don't want to get into these kind of shows. But then I normally always do. And I'm sure this is just going to be another one of them.
1: Dude, uh, I watched my I, – I, We haven't even. we didn't even plan to talk about this. But, like, one of the TLCs – I like watching Dr. Pimple Popper and um uh, oh, my, my my 600 pound life because it's like it's like that tool song vicariously how like why can't we just oh well, this is me admitting it to you like i i watch that like yeah it's just vicariously like, i live through those people so i don't repeat those mistakes and also I like seeing people get help and you conquer their demons so uh yeah and you know I'm, we're, we're 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 trying to get healthy Kyle me and you put on some me and you have some uh got some fun comfort food love uh, in terms of weight, so we're trying to get that down so we can be the healthiest marks and the mortiest marks and the markiest marks for all of you <laughs> out there that listen. So, you know, we, we, we do it big, baby. Uh, shit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, dude. dude my my, no, my I... braids fried, by the way, because, like, uh, me and my buddy were at the pool that I got here, and it's like 107 degrees right now. Like, I have an. I, this is why I hate having an all black car. In interiors, black. It's not leather, oh, thankfully. No, it's thank thankfully yeah. not leather. Oh God! But I got in that car, man. I was burning. My feet were turning to chicharrones. I was like, Jesus Christ, man! Like it's just so hot. We're out there for like two hours. I had the sunscreen. I had the flippy floppies. Had the radio going and stuff. And just like after two hours of absorbing the sun, my body's just pushing back the sun. I'm drained. Like I feel tired. Like I feel like I can't go on. And I just need a fat nap. And uh, I just had dinner a little bit a while ago, and I'm drinking some Wawa, you know, like, oof. Oof, man, I'm Dog, sorry. I'm trying.
0: <laughs> I'm struggling. The te- The Texas heat is so bad, and, like, I can feel the holes in the ozone, like, right above my house. <laughs> I went outside just to hang out with my dogs for a little bit, and I felt, I felt like, third-degree burns on coming already. It's I, awful. I can feel the climate change already, dude.
1: It's like... No, no no, it's
0: not happening. It's not happening. Shut up. How is it how is it how is it global warming if it's getting colder sometimes? Stupid.
1: Oh man, you're right. I didn't think about it. Jesus. Yeah, who's that guy Who's a penny for your thoughts, who, but you who, give
0: who, me change back. Who's that freaking Albert Indian. Einstein
1: that brought the snow the snowball to the freaking Senate floor and was like, how oh, can this be a climate change
0: freaking goof? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Dude, people are stupid. People are, uh, like what what a, what a lead in into Mother's Day. With the fucking dumbass, oh god, I didn't even want to get it, but the Supreme Court, oh my god. What a way to lead into Mother's Day. I can't oh. stand, I can't stand, <laughs> I can't stand shit sometimes, dude. How, how stupid.
1: <laughs> I forget. <laughs> well, so we are watching, UFC was on yesterday, right? And uh, they are promoting that movie with uh, Gianna Carlo, I guess, I think she's that chick from The Mandalorian, that girl from The Mandalorian that got... Uh, taking off the Mandalorian because of reviews or I don't know whatever the hell happened, and with uh the cowboy the UFC fighter, and I think it was called like Trouble on the Prayer or something, and then one of my buddies made the remark like, uh you know <laughs> it's it's about cowboy trying to save the last person on earth from <laughs> an abortion or something. I was oh it was so God. terrible. <laughs> he made like a right wing joke or whatever, like of making fun of like conservatives you who know? listen. I, I that know, that I that's I'm, a hot that's a hot button topic or whatever, but you know a lot of people are angry. Is,
0: all I'm gonna say is I've been on this podcast before and I know I've been on the record saying I don't care how you vote. I'm gonna care how you vote on this. Don't be fucking stupid. Abortion should be a choice. The fact that we have to be pro-choice is stupid. Mm-hmm. We'll mm-hmm. Fucking just let someone have a goddamn choice. Fucking mm-hmm. god, uh, you uh, you know what? There's you know how small-minded this fucking town I live in is. My my fiance showed me someone that she used to be friends with back like in elementary. And this fucker got on Facebook and had the audacity to say, uh, oh, it's it's always, uh, what was it? It was like, uh, God, what did he say? He said, everyone should get, uh, everyone get this shot right now. And he says, now all of a sudden people are my body, my choice. And it's like, how the fuck are these two things even related remotely? Fucking dipshit. God, I fucking hate stupid people. If you're stupid, don't listen to this, please. I'd rather have 10 <laughs> viewers than... Twenty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, This is a hot button topic and stuff. So I'll throw my chips in in here. Just go watch. I forget what special was, but go. Just Google on YouTube. George Carlin Sanctity the life, and he accurately describes. You know, pretty pretty well everything that could be said about the topic. You know. So go do that, and uh, I'll leave you at. I'll leave you at that.
0: Man, let's uh let's get into some good stuff because this. I don't UFC know this... UFC wasn't good. Well, I was gonna talk about Multiverse of Madness because I've been wanting to talk about it. I've been shutting my goddamn trap because I have no one else to talk about this with but my fiance. and I've been running their ears off. <laughs> 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 Bro, did you you saw it right? Yeah, I did, baby. I saw it. Give give me your thoughts because I've been wanting to hear your thoughts since uh, since since you saw it.
1: I give it uh, eight out of ten. Sam Raimi's. It was good. It was Sam a Ra- good movie. Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Sam whatever the frick. Danny Elfman's. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good movie man I enjoyed it I, I really liked this uh this concept of letting a director who's known for certain things basically say hey take these characters respect the laws of our universe go to town and, exactly and Sam Raimi pulled, then pulled, it was like Evil Dead meets Marvel meets Invincible and this is this is a spoiler alert so if you haven't seen Multiverse of Madness uh, go watch it uh, cause I'm gonna start talking about it but um Uh, Scarlet Witch killing all the Illuminati was badass. That was like pure Omni Man. Perfectly done. She's like, I'm a mother. No, you're Omni Man. You fucking crazy, crazy chick. (laughs) That that, that's gonna. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm not gonna make that. I'm not gonna go for low hanging fruit with Amber Heard or anything. (laughs) God. But.
0: I thought it was perfectly. D- I saw a few people, and I know I know a couple of people that were complaining about like why was Scarlet Witch so like unhinged from the get go, even though we didn't see like the full downfall. But that's all explained in one division. It's not that hard of a concept to like really fill in the little gap of her going crazy. But going back, I I do I, I had the exact same thought as soon as I walked out of the movie. Like Kevin Feige told Sam Raimi, like, "Hey." Make these specific points get this across when you bring in America Chavez. Get these points across with her character, and just do whatever the fuck you want because it. Was, oh my God! When she says "Go back to hell," and she blows up like the demon, that was Evil that, Dead to a T. I that that was that man. was
1: that was peak corniness. Like I was like, man, that's fucking corny, but this is why I like you. <laughs> kind of thing,
0: bro. It was it was so perfect. I hope this means that John Krasinski. Is actually going to be our Mr. Fantastic when we finally get to the Fantastic Four movie? Because yeah, because that dude looks the part perfectly.
1: Uh, yeah. Insert Jim Halpert joke here. You know, that's that's my play. Bro, they it.
0: I I called them bringing Black Bolt from the ABC TV show back, and he had the accurate like comic accurate costume. I popped so hard for all of that, all of those scenes. It was oh, good, man, man. What a movie!
1: It was really good. And then, uh, well, Scarlet Witch was like one of the most powerful, she's like one of the most powerful magic users in MCU and everything. So just seeing her become like the antagonist of the movie and just go to town was pretty dang, uh, gory and intense, man. It's like, it was just good. It was good stuff. Like, I, that was, that is that a perfectly executed heel turn and a believable heel turn. That, that's good book. That's AW booking, but we'll get into AW later because AW's kind of been eh lately.
0: In the grand scheme of things, Wanda has pretty much had like the worst life like imaginable She she lost her brother during Ultron She blew up a bunch of innocent people in Civil War She lost her husband Twice and she had to kill her She had to kill him herself one of those times She took a whole town hostage and made children and had to give them up And now she realized like it took her this entire arc to realize like that she was in the wrong what a shit ass life she's had all the way up until this. Nah, she That's ain't the. She,
1: she's not. She she never had. She didn't have it the worst out of all the Marvel characters.
0: Who had it the worst? Donalds. Shut the fuck up. No, I'll, I'll have that debate
1: this. with you later. I'll have that debate. That's Shut another up. time.
0: Captain Pinch. get out of here, this stupid ass. He, he had on. a
1: heart. He had it hard, bro. He saw his people die, and yeah, you know, it's like a tough mother situation, right? He's like, I, I'm gonna up. fix the universe by making half of y'all die, so that way the other half survives. It's just. It's what needed to happen, but you know people didn't want to have that happen because people oh, are, dumb. Are, are no, you're no, no. Dumb. Dumb. And he, he watched his people suffer and die because they couldn't this get out wh- of their own way. This is and he just, he had to, the prequels are the. He best. had to make he had to, he had to make the tough decisions. You know he's he's the Emmett Selch of uh, the MCU. Okay.
0: It was, no, shut up! No, you're dumb. This is dumb. Nope. No, no. You nope. have two brain cells and they're fighting for third place right now. Let's calm it down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm too drained <laughs> to
1: have a rebuttal right now.
0: <laughs> this is, this is the only time I'm going to have like easy pickings on you. It's because yeah, you're the, just too tired and drained.
1: Yeah, this is where I'm just like, I, I, I don't care enough to argue with you right now. Not, at least you know, I want auxiliary power, you know. The most yeah, I can give running, you like, just... is like 80% <laughs> on a given day, but I need that 20% for me. And I'm about capped out right now, you know. But, uh, oh. shoot, man. It was a hectic week. I tried getting forbidden door tickets. That went out the freaking window.
0: Oh, bro. That was so... Off. I, I had a little bit of hope because I didn't know how many tickets. And, and Yeah, that's what backstory. I said about Tessa
1: Blanchard, too. I had a little hope. Oh, my fucking God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's no... That woman is like... She just shoots herself in the foot constantly. The only place that she would probably thrive in is in Control Your Narrative. Because oh. she just, man... Bro, she—they would—they would pride themselves on be like, look, we have a racist on our on our roster, and she's fine. Like, ugh, it's so stupid. Tessa, Tessa's is such a waste of talent. Like, goddamn, girl, stop. It's just don't be racist. Don't be racist, and don't be a, a dipshit asshole. And you have a uh, you have a constant job. God, she's dumb.
1: Mm, yeah dude and then like we'll, we'll go over some quick wrestling tidbits here and there uh it sucks what happened with Stu grayson and everything he got released i feel like he had so much to offer and those he could have been used like as a real good mid-card heel or mid-card gatekeeper and stuff like just use the guy he's a great talent Roderick strong asked for his release it's obvious he wants to be with his boys uh back in AEW and like they, a lot of those talents that are from the the left like the last bit bit of nxt from triple h aren't they're not going to have any space for them in, in, in Vince's new world, you know. And uh, I hope they grant his release, but it sounds like they're not. Maybe they'll give him Mustafa Ali treatment and uh, give him some sort of storyline or something. Freddie Prinze Jr. wants to start a new uh, promotion. Sounds like he's got backing for three years, and he wants them to have uh, SAG uh, credentials as well as be backed by SAG. So... That's good for these wrestlers. To get good in health insurance and another promotion for other people to work. I'm all for it. Shout out to Mia Yim for getting signed with Impact. Uh, New Japan still going strong. Impact had under siege yesterday, and that went pretty well. Fortunately, they were just in a crowded space because I mean UFC was on yesterday and. Oof, man. UFC was pretty good, too. But also, I've been hearing that Raw's been actually watchable. SmackDown, no, not so much, but... What the fuck are you doing? You were just, like, sliding through everything we we're have we, on
0: our a show.
1: We're, 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 God we're, we're, I said I would go over the wrestling tidbits, and you feel free to interject any time here you can. But... Oh shit, I, I, I I, I, to, like, well, what do you want to talk pretty, about?
0: Oh, I, I mean, I guess I'll give my quick thoughts. Fucking Stu Grayson that sad, sucks. I really wanted him to be used more often wanted to have a match with daniel bryan or brian danielson but whatever i guess freddy prince jr that thing that he's gonna sink so much money into that they're barely gonna turn like profits or viewership i don't got faith in that it's really hard especially now that you have AEW being the second biggest right now and it's still do a dwarf compared to wwe so i don't think freddy prince jr is gonna get one off the ground that easily i mean Uh, even even
1: if it's just like a small tv deal like on access tv like even if it gets like 300 viewers, and it's something that they could be like, "Hey, you know what? This is it makes enough money for us to keep going and stuff." Like, it's just another place for people to work and get a decent salary. So, I hope it succeeds. And if it has a good roster, I'll I'll get my I'll get my view to it. But again, there's so much freaking wrestling right now. It's hard to keep up with everything. That's why I'm sort the of gra- as much as I crap on WWE, I'm sort of grateful that the the most highlighted parts of the show I need to watch are in the highlights, and everything else is a giant commercial. But apparently Raw's been watchable and we get to have that conversation it's, Oh, you yeah, actually been watching Raw too, so what the hell. I,
0: I've been yeah, I've been tuning in every now and then. I, I watch more than just the highlights. Uh and lot, it's actually been like The Ezekiel storyline show. The Ezekiel's me, is the best thing going on right now on Raw. That's yeah, like the best thing right and
1: now. And I guess Cody in a sense, but and they're already doing, really doing a rematch.
0: WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania Backlash is starting tonight. I mean, I could probably throw it up for us if we're still recording while it's on. Um yeah, I mean Raw's been honestly, Raw's been a little bit more consistent and honestly the better show of Dyna like than Dynamite. I think oh. these last few dynamites have fucking sucked the big one hard. Oh. They have been they have been some of the most average filler AEW episodes, and like I'm sure most of the AEW fans are like, no, this is still good. And I'm like, Yeah, it's good, but exactly. they, they've set like a yeah, they set a bar of expectation, and this is like the very bottom of the barrel they can give us. It this doesn't like meet the Kyle. This doesn't meet TV. the
1: Kyle Mark expectation,
0: right? It it really doesn't. Like, there was so much of these last like three or two episodes that me and my fiance watched where we were like, honestly, just on our phones because it was more entertaining to be on our phones than it was to watch this episode. Like,
1: TikTok's hard to pass up, baby.
0: Like. I mean, I mean, yeah, TikTok is fucking God. We are addicted to TikTok, but that's a different discussion for for other podcasts, I guess. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, Dynamite has just been so mid lately. Like, not like most most of, if not all of the matches, um, besides like the Owen Owen Cup matches, have been like really inconsequential in the grand scheme of things in AEW. They keep like. They're just in a really weird position, and it's also strange because normally, like the five or six episodes preceding uh, a pay per view are like some of the best because you're you're doing the biggest buildups to one of these only four pay per views do you, you do a year, and like all of these episodes have just fallen flat for me, dude. Like I turn off the TV, get ready for bed, and I look at I look at Annie. I'm like, that was that was an episode, and she's like, yeah, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't. Good, it was just an episode. And, like, man, fucking kick it up, Tony Khan. Like, God, if, if you're stretching yourself this thin already with your AEW quality, like, when you get ROH off the ground, I don't know how much that's going to affect AEW quality, too. Because I, I like, think he definitely uh, again, needs to
1: start delegating. 100%. Yeah, he needs to start delegating.
0: He really does. And he needs to get people that aren't like Cody and are going to want to fucking give me, give me, give me control because then you're going to fucking lose another guy to the TNT to the TNT curse. But whatever.
1: <laughs> but it's just like it's, he's imagining Fulham too, like that club as well and it's just like and then he's at he was at the he was at the NFL draft for the Jags. Dude, like I you're you, Tony Tony Khan. Yeah. Let, uh, uh, it's been, listen the reason, baby. Listen the reason. You're a smart guy, but you could only go so far, dog. Like let let Dustin Rhodes have the division because he, he – look what he did with Thunder Rosa. He helped that girl get to – you know, he helped that girl a lot. I got faith that if you give someone the booking duties for like the women's division or something, they could go they could go places or however you're delegating that. But lay out the gas a little bit. Like you're – be in charge of the overall vision and just let people do their thing. You know, let them delegate.
0: Yeah. Find a, been, find a sweet been, medium. Yeah. It's been insane how much – The quality has dipped. I think the last hour, or I guess the second hour of this last Dynamite that just happened this past Wednesday was like one of the worst hours in AEW history. It just wasn't like, nothing kept my attention. The matches were like whatever. They were super inconsequential to to most of the grand scheme. Again, instead, like, I mean the Dante and Ray Phoenix at least set up the, the, the last participant in the Owen Cup, but like Man, what a drag of a show that last hour I, was. I, I just, I, the,
1: yeah, Dante and, and Ray Phoenix had uh, was like the the good highlight of the second half. But I mean, you also I really love the Warlow and Morrissey from the first hour. Jeff, Hart, we'll get into that later. But I'd say at least half yeah. of the car was good, was great, and the other half was just like it, it was like missing some spice, you know? Like we'll keep, Mer- we'll Mercedes keep points for, later
0: when we when we go through that. Yeah, whole
1: Yeah, like Mercedes versus Diana, like. As much as popular as they are to, like, maybe the IWC and some of the people who might know them. To the casual audience, are like, who the fuck are these people? Why are they main eventing? Like, that that could have been better.
0: One of the biggest criticisms they always see, and there's always going to be bitching about whatever you like, even if you're, like, by your own fans of shit that you like. Like, after the Deanna and Mercedes match, everyone on Reddit... Was saying like, oh, I'm sick of everyone giving shit to the women's division. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. And it's not. It's really not. It's they're they're getting they're getting a title match. Yes, that's what we want. We wanted women in the main event of AEW Dynamite. But it it needs to be backed by a story that has weight and and some payoff. Mercedes versus Diana really isn't any kind of big payoff or a satisfying story. One because Mercedes won the interim Ring of Honor World Championship on a Ring of Honor pay-per-view that maybe most of the like casual Dynamite audience didn't even know about. They had to give you vignettes and promos all night to hype up the match, and you shouldn't be making all of the hype for a match in the exact same show it's going to happen in. That's not how you do this. Look at Rampage. We'll talk about it later in depth when I get into it, but Rampage was such an awesome night for the women's division of AEW because they were all used right. I'm watching it right now and it's really good. (laughs) These were some of the two best women matches in the entire women's division so far. And it was great. So you just need to give them good storylines and trust them to go run their course of their match. Don't make them look stupid. Don't make, don't overcomplicate things. Just let good wrestlers go have a good match. It ain't hard. That's what we've been wanting. And as soon as they give it to us, it's fine. Everything's great. But again, We'll talk about it later once we get through the entire run of Dynamite and Rampage, but you did bring up Forbidden Door tickets, and what a fucking experience that was. I was a fucking clown expecting me to be able to get three tickets to this nearly sold-out show already when the general sale went on. What a fucking fool I felt like. I felt like Bobo the fucking clown going back to the restroom wiping (laughs) off my clown makeup, dude. It was... It was an, it was nuts. I didn't think they were gonna sell out this fucking fast and hard. <laughs> fast and hard.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, my brain's like in third that's grade a, mode right now, but I, say, <laughs> I know dude, like know. Well I'm really glad they sold out as much as they did because it highlights two things. One, this is a draw, and two there's potential for even a bigger setting, a bigger store. Like,
0: and three you, scammers love to buy these.
1: Yeah, shut shut up. You, you put this in front of Arthur Ashe, I'm pretty sure it'll sell out before the show even. Uh, before the show even, Card gets announced as well. Like, I, I'm pretty sure a, a New Japan AEW show can sell out like 20, 25k just on the name alone. It sold out, it sold out United Center within, what, an hour? That's not a small fee either. When I'll they did the pre-sale,
0: it was about forty minutes, and that's about fourteen thousand total. I think they sold like twelve thousand tickets during the pre-sale on Thursday, and then the general sale had the rest of the two thousand. And those sold like fucking quick. It was fucking stupid, man. Like, I I got into the general sale, and I was hoping for like three tickets anywhere. And by the time I got in, the lowest priced ticket I could buy was nine hundred and seventy-five dollars and me and Nathan me and Nathan were on Discord and I was showing him like what I was looking at and we saw a line of 4 tickets for about a grand each just go instantly it was fucking insane and sure they sold it out but is every seat going to be filled because scalpers love to buy these kind of fucking tickets cuz they know they can upcharge them 4 or 500% easy on the secondary market so i i just don't know how many like of these tickets were actually bought by actual people going because scalpers again target everything, and this was a hot one to target.
1: Definitely, I I even play the devil's advocate and say that this was sort of more genuine than not because Japan's lifting up its restrictions and stuff, and there's a lot of people in Japan who've been locked up for two years that just want to fucking travel. And as much of a marks as we are, I mean, they sell out the Tokyo Dome every year for sixty k. Japan loves their fucking wrestling, right? So can't imagine how many of their fans are gonna come over here just to be marks with us.
0: I. I can only imagine maybe like a couple hundred. I'm not going to imagine that half the crowd's going to be straight from Japan.
1: No, but like, I know but you know, you know, enough to enough for some a generous amount of tickets to be sold, but whatever.
0: I I I have I've been really struggling to to believe that Forbidden Door is going to help the overall growth because again, it's not hard to imagine that 14,000 hardcore fans were clamoring for this. And again, out of the 14,000, who knows how many are scammers and scalpers or bots. So, I don't know exactly what this is going to do long-term for both New Japan or AEW. But, I mean, the fans are getting what they want. And I guess, I mean, if AEW is fine with just that kind of metric, then, I mean, good on them. They succeeded because they're looking at a sold-out 14,000 United Center right now for this pay-per-view.
1: That's definitely a good secondary market but or secondary promotion right now. And we all know mm-hmm. that they ain't going to be the the big beast so i'm i'm, I'm I, I would be fine with that if i'm like in charge of strategic development or strategy right now for, for slow 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 and slow and steady baby Turtle versus the the hair but uh yeah,
0: we'll see we'll see how we'll see how it plays out um i'm assuming you're coming over for that one
1: <laughs> i'm definitely gonna try hell yeah would love yeah, to come I over bet i oh, would love to come over and just you know Yell at you in your face, cause, <laughs> cause, guess what the fuck happened? Well, actually, you know, we're on red alert right now, baby. It's very tense yeah. right now. It's very fucking tense. Oh, yeah, I hear,
0: the, I hear the tornado siren.
1: There's a lot of stuff happening right now, baby. And if if you don't if you don't if you don't know what's going on, um, though there, there was a there was a lot that happened yesterday. Okay, UFC happened, but most importantly, uh, there was a lot of hijinks and shenanigans that went on, and I'm talking about. Char- Charlie Char- Charlie Olives missing weight <laughs> by uh, by zero point five pounds, oh, and you could call me Charlie Olives too because I'm trying to get this half pound down and I don't want to budge. <laughs> so me and him are pretty much in the same boat. But if you if you don't know if you're not familiar, when there's a lot of hijinks and hysteria that goes on in the MMA world, uh, the MB- the the MMA subreddit on Reddit created the scale called Goofcon. From five being like a hiding from five being to an alert to GoofCon one being the most extreme version of like we're nuclear preparedness, like the, the nukes are getting launched, shit's just hitting the fan, right? So on a scale from five to being the mo- the least severe to one being the most severe, yesterday was officially declared GoofCon three. And this is uh this 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 was a lot to happen, man. Like Charlie Ollis missed his weight. Let me let me you know let me let me read the actual definition of what goofcon is the goofcon guide of what this is uh this is going on so here we go goofcon 5 is a blushing dana white conditions are normal your cash cows are at home or hiding under the cage from usda agents heavily hyped mma events are not in the near future, and Dana has promised something that's not gonna happen. GoofCon 4 is Scarlet Dana. Dana White's getting a little bit tomato-ish, okay? So there's some unusual MMA hijinks going on. Exceptionally memorable press conferences and media obligations. Uh USDA agents are out in force, usually precursed with the fire with the fighters sourcing meat from Mexico or having male performance issues. A major numbered UFC card is usually close. Dana White promised something that's not gonna happen or hasn't even been booked yet. Eddie Bravo or Joe Diaz or are on Joe Rogan's podcast or Brendan Schaub on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, you know, GoofCon 4 is when the memes start happening, okay? And then GoofCon 3 is Bloody Dana. Dana White's becoming a tomato and you got increased MMA hijinks. Severely hiding risk of your cash cow ruining a card. Multiple times USDA agents come through and there's violations out the wazoo. People missing their weigh-ins. This questionable use of uh towels at mma weigh-ins enhanced chance of boomerang related violence uh and then goofcon 2 they know why it's full tomato all right this is this is peak tomato there's roots growing out of his ass exceptionally high mma hijinks serious risk of the card getting cancelled or someone going to jail um this is this is like if this is like goofcon 2 is happened what happened when conor mcgregor got into an unsanctioned fight with that bus and uh you know those there's there's a lot of there's a lot of bads like John Jones gets arrested again. That's goofcon two Goofcon one is the ultimate goof. It's the ultimate trash is happening and everything's got this is when Dana White's becoming a tomato tree. He's got a farm of tomatoes. he is just shaking in tomatoville, and this is like mass hysteria right this This happened once only. And April 9th or April 6th in 2018 in Cal, I bet you remember this, when Max Holloway was declared medley- medically unfit to fight Khabib. And he was fighting on a six-day's notice despite being injured. Oh, And despite being 145 And he had stepped in to replace Tony Ferguson, who the MMA gods still to this day have never let him fight Khabib. And also, Good, that, fuck was, him, fuck was, Tony. It was also this week that Conor McGregor fought the bus. So when Conor McGregor fought the bus, we went to GoofCon Four. But when that added ma, when when, when that added stuff happened, we went to GoofCon One. And boy, that was historic. I didn't know what to do with my fucking hands. But it, shoot, <laughs> <laughs> we 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 reached GoofCon Three, and it's GoofCon Three is not easy. Anything past GoofCon Go- Three, GoofCon Three and above is like, oh shit, there's there's some serious shit happening.
0: Listen, and we're at Goofcon listen. three
1: yesterday, and we almost went to Goofcon I, two. We went. We we should have been declared in Goofcon two with that fucking Rose and Carla fight, cause that was garbage.
0: I I would rather have been in Goofcon two or three because Goofcon three seems like fucking purgatory. I was so fucking bored out of my goddamn mind during that Rose and Carla fight. The fact that Rose, and I love Rose, don't get me wrong. I was super excited for her when she first won the title. She was fucking delusional last night. When she was celebrating after the final bell, and she was like, I'm the champ, I'm the best in the world. And then she was, like, looking confused that she lost the decision. What an awful goddamn fight. Here's a fun fact for you. The main event, Justin Gaethje versus Charlie Olives, they had more... Total combined strikes in their short first round fight than those two women did in a five round twenty five minute fight. What a god awful fight! One of the, I'm I didn't even I didn't even pay for the stream, and I want a fucking refund. That was hot ass. That was the most butt cheeks co-main event I've ever seen in my life, and I've watched UFC for decades at this point. Fucking insane. That was uh... a. <laughs> Who
1: did Derek Lewis fight when they basically like Herb Dean basically? Had to he be fought
0: like, Francis Ngannou. Yeah, the he basically told him, like, "Are y'all gonna fight or
1: or what? People people paying money and y'all are just dancing around, put your finger up your ass, like fight already."
0: And and no nonsense, Keith Peterson, one of the greater, one of the better referees in UFC, didn't give them a single warning. Herb Dean would have been all over them, telling them, "Hey, you gotta work, or I'm gonna start taking points from both of y'all. You need you need." to fight if you're in the UFC, and neither of these women were fighting. Carla was throwing punches from seven feet away and acting like she was really shooting for takedowns. There was one good suplex from the back that she got in, like, I think in the third. I can't even remember, but my God. What a nothing fight. I can't imagine Dana wasn't like shit talking. Even the commentators are shit talking. Dana
1: White was watching a Canelo fight <laughs> during a fight.
0: DC had literally nothing good to say about this fight. They were promoting the next fight night main event, and Joe Rogan was like, oh, yeah, that one half of those dudes is like really good. And DC was like, I'm not going to compliment the guy because I don't think he's a good fighter. <laughs> Like, no one gave a fuck about this fight. What? I, I'm just glad Tony got knocked out. Fucking Tony's a, an annoying motherfucker, and I'm glad he got his. He got <laughs> oh, no, sent okay, to the you, fucking moon. Okay, I, I need to hear this because that
1: he was over in that crowd. I want to know why you don't like Tony Ferguson. I want a I want some rationale here because he was over on the NBA. He was over on the MMA subreddit. A lot of my friends were pulling for Tony Ferguson. He was over in the crowd, and that was a marquee crowd. So I want to know what's going on.
0: Listen, he's part he used to be part of the tenth planet jujitsu cult. That's Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo started Tenth Planet Jiu Jitsu. He's one of the biggest flat earthers around. He's stupid. And off of that basis, I don't like stupid people, Nathan. I'm never gonna like Tony Ferguson. He he's off the rails in some of the craziest ways. Where he I don't know if you knew about the incident with his child and his wife where they had to get a restraining order from him because Uh, he was a detriment to not only his family, but himself. And then he like abandons every single team he works with and loses with. And he blames his teams and not himself. I just don't like everyone respects like the Mimi, like random. I'm just saying words because they sound funny when I string them along together. Tony Ferguson. Nah, fuck that. I'm glad Justin Gaethje fucking racked his brain with CTE in their last fight. You mean Michael Chandler Chandler. No, yeah. I'm, I I'm talking about the fight before oh. where Tony Ferguson got beat the fuck up for nearly five rounds by Justin Gaethje. And then Michael Chandler fucking soccer kicked his head to the goddamn moon. I, w- I was great. That was all I needed. That was the validation I needed. Michael Chandler. I've been a Michael Chandler fan since his Bellator days. That's one of the – he is one of the best fighter's fighter. If you're a street fighter kind of guy and you like to watch heart and, like, sometimes not even skill, just pure heart take you in a fight, go watch – it's on YouTube for free. Eddie Alvarez versus Michael Chandler won in Bellator when it was back on MTV2. Go watch that fucking fight. Michael Chandler is a fucking dog and I was happy that he fucking destroyed Tony Ferguson last night. Good fight. Good That fight.
1: that was one of the first times ever that I watched UFC where I thought he was le- someone legit died in a
0: ring. Bro, when they when they didn't instantly go to the replay because they didn't know if it was going to be in bad taste if if Tony was seriously hurt. That's how I knew it was a fucking insane knockout the way his like all of his body weight basically fell on his neck cause he just went like limp dead weight I was a little bit worried that he might have broken his neck the way he landed that was fucking brutal
1: he just went limp like flat flat line noodle
0: flat earth flat noodle I can make jokes now he's okay uh flat earth flat noodle just fucking limp done on the floor it was wild
1: yeah it was it was really bad holy crap
0: <laughs> I mean, it wasn't as bad as Dynamite, but... <laughs> 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 oh, oh, my God, but... Huh. Huh. Anyway, I got a bone to pick with you. Oh actually, you're... What you're, the fuck do you want? You're, you're, do you
1: you you're, you're, you're in a corner right now. I don't want to hear... I don't want to actually... I actually don't want to hear... Is this a moratorium? An, moratorium? Yeah, you're a moratorium. I don't want to hear you. You're in timeout. You're in a corner. Because all Ooh. the shit that you talked about, Charlie Olives, this motherfucker comes and baits fucking geishi for like one round dropping himself anything. on the floor dropping himself on the floor to try to get a submission if, out of him and then he comes and knocks the fuck out of this dude
0: charlie you, olive no, shuts you the fuck, the fuck up Char- oh, he submitted him, he submitted, him sorry.
1: he submitted his ass he submitted his ass he shuts you up if, he shuts
0: you, you up bro i was still talking my shit what are you talking about he sh- if, i want i don't want to hear you,
1: no more charlie olive slander that dude's a monster if you
0: really thought that he was trying to pull guard no nah, dog Justin Gaethje has some of the hardest punches in the UFC and I mean again I don't have like an insane dog in this fight I'm not like a team ride or die I don't have Justin Gaethje's portrait in my office right now but I mean I've never like I've never wanted to back Oliveira I think he's his ego I don't think you could you deserve to have that much of an ego when you've been a quitter for most of your fight career since he was 20 I get it but whatever that's all personal preference I just like Justin Gaethje because that dude's fucking insane. So watching him with the belt and then him losing it to like Poirier or uh, maybe maybe Chandler in the rematch if they did it, but Islam would have killed him. Uh, I just wanted I just want to see Justin Gaethje have insane fights because that dude's insane.
1: Fair enough, but anyway, F- he shuts you it, up. Charlie, I was happy
0: about it. What? How how did he shut me up? I don't I don't get it. How You've been talking shit
1: up? about Charlie Allis all fucking week, all weekend. You're like Charlie Allis is that dumb Brazilian? I don't fucking like him. He's stupid. Okay. Like no mames, dude. Like shut up. This man got dude, stripped of all, his proper no. title. He got stripped of his accolades because I half because Dana White doesn't allow towels and he got some goofy ass scale. This man it's got the stripped. Commission, of not
0: Dana White. You fucking dork. Well, you Dana White's fat and he's a yourself. tomato,
1: and I'm gonna blame him.
0: <laughs> yeah good one yeah you really got him he's sitting on his thrones of billions and you're fucking sitting with a cat in a one bedroom apartment you're and I'm happy in, I'm happy who's not happy yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's happy no nope. <laughs> <They laughs> money doesn't buy happiness that's he ain't bullshit. happy he's, he's got off. a
1: revolt coming in because everyone wants better pay because he don't want to pay his fighters but that's a different conversation nah, that's he, a different I, conversation I
0: I think that I, I fuck Charlie Olives I'll never like him fuck him uh, do I respect his fighting ability a little? You, you, uh, by the way, you see it.
1: Khabib's tweet. Khabib said no, Islam's the it, fight to make. He's like, I don't know, I don't know why you don't have Islam fight. Uh, or oh, he wants Islam to fight. Uh, who do you want him to fight? No, no, uh, The number one contender for the because
0: uh, Charlie Olives is the number one contender, right? So who's yes. the number two contender He's now? Right. Uh, I mean so so here's the thing in UFC the rankings never really reflect you can be ranked number two But that doesn't mean you're the number two like you're the next guy to get a shot I've seen number five ranked people get over like get title shots over number two guys doesn't matter Justin Gaethje was the number two guy going into this fight. Uh, He'll probably drop down Michael Chandler was number Five Tony was seven so Michael Chandler will probably move up to four Islam might be bumped up to three um, I don't know if they're going to knock down Justin Gaethje all the way. They might knock him down. But I think um, I think Justin Gaethje had the most – or Michael Chandler had a better finish than um, Islam Makhachev just did against Bobby Green, who I don't even think was in the top ten. So I don't think that you give Islam the fight. That's just their Russian fucking Putin-backed bias. Fuck Habib. Um, and I think you give – I think you give Michael Chandler the rematch against Charlie Olives. Uh, you put Islam versus... I mean, maybe you do Islam versus Justin Gaethje, or maybe Islam versus Poirier, and then the winner of that match fights whoever wins between Michael Chandler and Charlie Olives.
1: Do you think there's anyone in that division that touched Charlie Olives?
0: Uh, Islam and... Well, I only say Islam because he's unproven against him, so he gets like the benefit of the doubt because we just haven't seen him fight. But I think Islam um and shit that might be it because I mean he's already beaten Charlie Ollis has beaten a lot of people already in that uh 155 division that's one of the toughest divisions in the entire fucking world in any sport um he already beat I mean Benil Dariush maybe uh I don't think he beat I think he beats Rafael Dos Anjos I think Gregor Gillespie's number eight, but nah, he beats him too. Conor McGregor's a fat dumb fuck who's always drunk all the time, so he ain't fucking beating anyone in the top fifteen. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Islam can't do it. Maybe Poirier, maybe Chandler in their rematch with Charlie Olives. But other than that, I, I think, I think Charles will will keep it for for a hot minute.
1: Mm. Yeah, dude, I, I kind of feel the same way with the uh, Usman and uh, Arisanya in the middleweight. I don't think there's anyone that touches Usman. Maybe Colby Cummingson could do it in the, in, the, in the next match if he gets another shot. Nah, fuck
0: Colby. He's stupid. He's a little. But, bad. he's gonna call the police about it if he hits him.
1: But I don't. I don't see. I don't see anyone touch Usman for the next year or two. I, I don't think, see it in I the, think I don't Hamzat.
0: Think, Hamzat. I think Hamzat has a decent. I yeah. think Hamzat could could push him into a war like he did with Gilbert Burns.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Adesanya. I don't know. Who, I don't know in that division.
0: Uh, I mean. Bro, that division is so fucked. Middleweight might be one of the worst divisions. They, they have like five people tied for the number four ranking right now. It's really stupid. Um, But yeah, I don't think anyone can touch Izzy for a hot minute. Unless, Cannoneer somehow surprises everyone. Uh, down in the 145, Volkanovski taking on Max Holloway. I'm excited and for that fight. I, I, I'm always going to root for Holloway, but I know Volk is fucking as real as it comes. And... It sucks that Max might always be stuck as the number two guy right under Volk, because he's already beaten twice. I thought the second draw, I thought the second fight Max won, but whatever. I'm not gonna cry about that, but it it might suck if Max is like always gonna be just the number two guy, because Max Holloway and Volk are two of the best fighters on this fucking planet right now.
1: He's never gonna be more than just that guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was the the king of that division after uh, Jose Aldo, and Jose Aldo was like. The guy for a decade or so. So Max is definitely gonna always be at the top and he's like the people's champ. It's like the rock dog. Like sure you can have the title, but if you don't have the respect of the people the way Max does, like you're not really the champ. So but it is what it is. We should talk about, we should talk about wrestling, not UFC. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a good conversation. It's
1: 40, been forty five minutes. minutes yeah, dude. Chip Wongo dude. <laughs>
0: I haven't even eaten dinner yet. I'm fucking. I'm gonna be dying by the end of this one. Oh, Let's God. get on to the very most mid dynamite I've ever seen. I, I feel have like you've been saying that every week for a, a while. <laughs> it it just needs to jump up in quality, dude. I'm super disappointed because not only again, not only do AEW do a really good job of making dynamites matter a lot most of the time, but like we're like three weeks away from a pay per view, dude, and none of this has felt like. This is going to be a must-watch. I saw the quote-unquote proposed card for Double or Nothing, and my God, this might be one of the weakest pay-per-view lineups if this is like the finalized lineup. I oh, oh, And that's really, tell. You tell? that's really disappointing. That's uh, really disappointing. I'll pull it up. We'll get to that a little bit later after I pull it up because I do want to talk about some of these matches a little bit in depth. But uh, the show kicked off with an uh, Owen Cup qualifier match between Jeff Hardy and Bobby Fish. And Bobby Fish should have really fucking won. Yeah, was, man. Like, Jeff Hardy just was hasn't looked good, a bad decision good, all around.
1: <laughs> Jeff Hardy just hasn't looked good.
0: Like, bro. Like, Jeff Hardy is looking slow-winded. And, I mean, Bobby did... I mean, shout-out to Bobby for making anything look decent that he could for Jeff. Because Jeff was just all over the place, man. And... I don't need to see the Hardy Boys anymore. They they can have gimmick matches and random comebacks. And one of the proposed matches for Double and Nothing is going to be a matchup between Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, taking on the Young Bucks. And I don't want that match. I don't want the Young Bucks wasting a night of, of, of wrestling on a pay-per-view. Rest, like When they're going to have to carry 80% of a match against two guys that are just too old. Like I don't need that.
1: Mm. i i i kind of share the same sentiment man like i think the party boys should just be saved for special attractions or give them the sting treatment to where they don't got to do much and they got they look good in what they do but jeff has no business doing swanton's anymore period I, I i just i'm sorry i mean
0: to be fair the swanton he's doing now is a lot safer he's not landing on his upper back on his shoulders he's just landing on his lower back and like Smushing these fucking dudes like into the mat. Like everybody he's hit with the swanton lately is just like taking all of the body weight into into them, and it sucks. It looks like it sucks. It's terrible, man. <laughs> I, mean,
1: I, I I I I'm more worried watching a Jeff Hardy match than I am like entertained.
0: And I I, just, I, I, just... I mean he, again, I think he's I think he's he's a safe worker. I just think that he can't move the way he, he wants to. He can't. And it just doesn't look great and the, he's having matches that are way too long. He shouldn't be having these longer matches and he's get he's getting he doesn't need to be put over by anyone. He wins when he when you're at that level of your career, a win over Bobby Fish doesn't do a lot for you the way it would have done vice versa like Come on, man. It ain't hard to book this. It shouldn't be hard to book this, but I mean, we have Jeff Hardy beating Bobby Fish in 2022.
1: (sighs) Ah, man. Big, big sad things happening, you know? Yeah.
0: And, and I used to, I used to be a believer of like, you know, I didn't, I didn't believe the too much of a good thing isn't great, but like, man, I thought, I thought that I, I'm kind of getting exhausted. Of the Blackpool Combat Club, dude. Like, I didn't think I'd be here already. But they they need a fucking storyline, dude. They don't have any storyline going for them. It's been, what, three or four weeks now of just them having random fucking matches that there's no chance in hell they're going to lose? And it's just the same three-man or the six-man tag matches that they do? Like, it's a cool visual always seen Wheeler, Bryan, and... And, uh, or, yeah, Brian and, uh, Mox, like, beating the hell out of their opponents to win, but, like, it, it just feels so copy and paste. I need them to have a title, uh, like, I need them to have purpose. Wheeler's gonna go to Japan for the best of Super Juniors pretty soon. Maybe move Blackpool Combat Club, Brian Danielson, and Moxley into the tag team titles, but then you really can't, because it, the everyone's gonna want FTR to be the very next champ, so... I, I don't know...
1: I, I, those are uh, the the rumor that the trios belts was already made? Or already, like, but, imminent? But they got away for Kenny. Yeah, but they're waiting for Kenny.
0: They, they can't do it without Kenny. Because Kenny... And he just... I, I believe he just got uh, uh the surgery on his hernia. So he's gonna be fucking gone still for a decent amount of time. No one... Everyone was hoping he'd be back for forbidden door. But no one's really thinking that that's, like like possible at this point. So, I mean, I I don't need to see the Blackpool combat club fucking meandering and beating a bunch of fucking no ones for the next seven weeks until Kenny comes back. So we can set up a trios tournament. I don't need that. It's just overexposing them. It's overexposure. And when you have amazing dudes just having matches for the sake of filling TV time and they're not going anywhere with it. Then what the fuck's the point? It's going to make me want to just be on my phone. Cause again, there's not a shred of doubt in my mind that they're going to win. What's the point? No,
1: I, I agree. I, I, I agree. There's there's no real threat to them. There's no real story. It's just put them on TV and let them do what they got to do. And Yeah, but like either they go for Lee Moriarty and add another person to their club or something. But it's it's like you don't want to see them feud with like House of Black or, or something else because it's like – you have so many people you don't want to like necessarily cool down and stuff
0: it it kind of oh god house of black let's talk about that because fuck I don't give a fuck about house of black right now I don't give a fuck about Julia Hart's story that was everyone that's that
1: yeah that should have been that should have been pulled the trigger
0: every everyone was creaming themselves because she finally did something but like god it it meant absolutely nothing dude
1: it wasn't good. It wasn't good, man. Like,
0: like I, I get it. Maybe they had a, maybe they had to take time off for the Ray Phoenix injury, and, and again, this goes back to my weeks of complaining about Pento Oscuro. Pento Oscuro was a fucking useless. W- was useless. It was a useless thing in this storyline. Am I supposed to believe that that was the only reason they had Pento Escudo? Because they wanted Ray Phoenix to dress up like Alex O'Brien is and and pull the wool over their eyes, it was so bad. They wasted so much time, letting fans build up this idea that Julia is really going to be turning to the dark side and all this shit. And fans were eating it up. I I can't. I'm not going to take someone seriously if they really thought that this was satisfying. And I know they're going to say, "Oh, let it play out. It's a slow burn." And and you and me have said, "Not uh, everything needs a slow burn." Yep. Exactly. Not Julia. Easy, slow burn. Julia could have smashed both of them over the head with the, with the chair, taking them out, and then this could have been easily a setup for Brody and and um and fucking oh what's his name? I'm already forgetting. Uh, uh, Buddy Murphy taking on the Varsity Blondes in a squash match next week while Julia's ringside. It could have been that easy, but now they're gonna drag it out. I doubt it's gonna be on the next episode of Dynamite. I'm I'm hoping it's not the one after that because I'm going to the one after that. And I I can't believe I'm at a point where I'm kind of like super cold on wanting to go to this AEW show because I don't know if it's going to be half of a show of nothing really happens and the other half of it, things are happening just for the sake of things happening. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Jeez, uh, you start just to... We just had a plateau, dude. We just had a plateau of quality, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be this when, for months, they've proven they can constantly put out bangers of shows.
1: No, I agree. I, I especially this close to the pay per view, man. Like you're going to Las Vegas. You got your California shows coming up. Like this is the time you need to really.
0: And they're you know, booked all week for Vegas too. They're booked for Dynamite, Rampage, and the pay per view.
1: Yeah, and I'm like. This is the time you need to really shine up, man. Like you need to prove to everybody. We're ca- Japan's lifting restrictions and stuff, and maybe, maybe we're at a, maybe once we get to the pay per view, we'll shut up and be like, okay, this is fucking great, blah 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 blah. But
0: I sure hope so. Yeah. I would love for there to be egg on my face, and AEW again shows that they're ca- like they're capable of pulling out really good storylines in the last like three weeks, building up to a pay per view. But for right now, I'm gonna criticize the things I think need to be criticized. And I'm gonna hype up the things I really like because I did like the more the Wardlow versus Morrissey match. This match was really good. Um, it it I'm pretty sure they didn't let Wardlow do the symphony because they can't make W Morrissey look weak from Impact. You know what I mean? Mhm. Like I'm sure it was like take the one power bomb and lose, but you don't need to embarrass one of our top guys in our promotion. So yeah. I mean, when I saw just the one power bomb, I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Only one, huh? But. I mean, it makes, it makes sense. sense. It
1: makes sense exactly. Yeah.
0: And I'm I'm fine with this. This was this was one of the fun parts. This is where I put my phone down. I was paying attention because I do love Wardlow so much. And they're finally gonna do the contract signing in Long Island this upcoming week. I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a fucked up stipulation for their match at Double or Nothing. And hopefully, hopefully, this is enough to carry me for the next couple Dynamites. If if this is the only guaranteed thing so far, because Wardlow. uh, Wardlow's my hangman right now. When everything else isn't really, like, keeping me along, Wardlow's keeping me along the way Hangman did, building up to the AEW title match.
1: Yeah, um, hangman... No, hangman. (laughs) is doing really good, man. Every every time Wardlow comes on, it's good TV. I'm really invested in this Batista Triple H-S storyline, this Evolution-S storyline. It it has a lot of, like, similarities between... Triple H and Batista they're in an Evolution run and also kind of Stone Cold ex Vince McMahon in terms of like MJF playing his shit here who doesn't want to get his up and comments from the guy he's been pissing off this whole time. So it's probably one of my favorite storylines going on right now in AEW and this is the one this is the one thing I won't bitch at Tony Khan about right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is this is very consistent. Um And it's things we've been built upon already. Like we know MJF puts everyone through the ring before they get a match with him. That's been done with everybody. Cody, CM Punk, it it always happens. But I think Wardlow finally getting his hands on MJF, even if he doesn't win, because I think you brought it up a couple weeks ago that do we really need MJF taking back-to-back losses on pay-per-views? I don't think Wardlow even has to win as long as he can get his power bombs off. And then maybe MJF cheats, and he wins, like Wardlow will still be the star of, of everything coming out. But
1: well, it, well, well he it has the stipula- to win at this point. Yeah, isn't the stipulation yeah. that he needs to win in order to get out of his contract? Unless like yeah, he he pretty- put he puts MJF in a position where MJF just kind of like, hey, I- I'm done. Like just take the contract. I don't want, fuck it. I don't want the match anymore.
0: Or he could he could put MJF in a in a in a point. It's gonna suck. It would be awful to have a pay per view match end this way. But you could have MJF like get himself disqualified. And Wardlow wins by disqualification. He maybe fights off MJF and then still gets the Powerbomb Symphony off.
1: I would, that would be, uh, that'd be good if you want to protect MJF. Because AW doesn't do, do, like, disqualifications often, you know?
0: Yeah, but it'll, that'd be, I think, I think Wardlow's too, too backed right now and too hot to have his first big storyline end in a DQ, so.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you need to pull the trigger, and I think MJF could take the loss.
0: Yeah, you think so? Yep. I, I, th- I think he can yeah. take the loss. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm very excited. There's, again, there's a few things going into Double or Nothing that are keeping me on, but it's just like, man, the other 80% is keeping me, like, kind of hesitant. Because whatever, it'll, I'm still going to buy it.
1: Because it'll play into, like, let's say Wardlow wins, right? And then he becomes the number one contender, one of the number one contenders... For either CM Punk, who might be a heel or might not be a heel. Or, or Hangman Adam Page, who either went heel or is kind of a tweener. Because like, that's a very interesting story in itself right there. And we'll get to that in a second. But you could definitely set up Wardle to be the whoever the next challenger for that. And then you go from there. Wardle takes his loss. And then he goes wherever he needs to go. You get what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: No, yeah. I'm definitely with you. And I think if anyone, I know, again, I know that wrestlers do have a lot of say it's Tony Khan who approves final booking decisions, but I trust that MJF and Wardler know exactly how to play this out, and I'm sure Tony Khan won't allow anything but the best ending for this hot story. Like, cause this might be the hottest thing going on in AEW right now besides the inevitable Hangman and CM Punk collision. So,
1: And I genuinely don't know where this is going to go. I sincerely oh, do I not know where it's going to go.
0: Yeah, man, I mean... That, let, let's talk about it because I mean that was the next thing but Hangman came out and gave a promo about Punk and man I, I love this but I'm also hesitant because I don't need a heel Hangman right now he came out talked about his match with CM Punk it's not going to be about respect it's not going to be a, a dream match that he's been waiting for his whole life a, a Bret Hart masturbation match it's not going to be a masturbatory Bret Hart trivia, which I love that they referenced uh, he said it's going to be a drag out fight and this is going to be the fight of CM Punk's life. And there, there's some things I noticed or maybe I'm just digging too much into this because I love Hangman as a character, but he looked a little hesitant when he picked up his title after he got out of the ring and uh, threw the microphone down. Like maybe he's trying to convince himself he needs to believe the words he's saying. Maybe we're at a point where he knows he's beating the shit out of people for his title. And maybe he's a little bit nervous for the larger-than-life CM Punk match that he's finally getting. And maybe he just needs to buy into his own bullshit and hype him up as, you know, he's hyping himself up as going to be able to kick CM Punk's ass like no problem. I I think that's a very interesting dynamic for the character because all he's known before he got the title was to be nervous and didn't, and no self-confidence. But now maybe he has too much self-confidence. So he's now riding that middle line of trying to be True to himself, but still has to present himself as like the take all, be all world champion that we that we all like. So really interesting. What do you think?
1: I think you hit the the, the nail on the head there. Like CM Punk, CM Punk, Hangman Page is really trying to find that balance between like I know I still got my ang- anxieties and that's okay. I've went total to with some of the best: Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Lance Archer. Archer might have been a few. His name's feud Adam or whatever. Page it's adam cole It's which <laughs> <laughs> got me there but you know he's went toe-to-toe with some of the best and some of the best wrestlers in the world and in up aw's upper echelon and stuff and now here comes cm punk who was the best in the previous life and the best in ring of honor the best in wwe and now he's arguably one of the best in aw right now and it's like oh shit this is a transcendent talent right now like you know, I'm not saying Kenny wasn't or anything, but this is another one of those Kenny chat level challengers where it's like, can I survive up in this echelon? Was that just, was I just a one trick pony? And maybe, like you said, he's trying to be believe in his own bullshit, but or and, and stuff like that. And it's also setting up to. Oh, fuck man, I, I I generally still don't know where this is gonna go. Like, I feel like any other per any person who wins this match, is the right play. If CM Punk wins, I could see where this goes from there. But I feel like it would have to be CM Punk as a heel. If Hangman Page goes, I could see him having to get get into some of the darkest parts of his personality in order to win. And again, I'd, that still leads up to my my thing where Tanahashi said that he's gonna remove the poison off of Hangman. And I hope that comes to fruition someday at some point, especially with the new collab. But I, I kind of feel like they're they're both gonna do some sort of double turn or some sort of shenanigans some this is not GoofCon, this is, you know this is what what's
0: Sakon, this, this is a level one. Yeah, this is <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! This is level, on one. <laughs> it's it's gonna be really interesting. I think because I know Tanahashi has an IWGP ti- uh, U.S. title match coming up at Windy City or not Windy City, uh, Capital Collision in D.C. and it's gonna be a fatal four-way between uh, Juice Robinson of the Bullet Club uh john moxley uh hiroshi tanahashi the defending champ and then will osprey so i mean you could have tanahashi lose the title there or and and have have a, a match between hangman and tanahashi at forbidden door for your little for your little scenario there or you can just have it be a champ versus champ match and that brings prestige to the match but it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out i i i, I still can't remember when tanahashi said he was gonna rid the evil of hangman but that's awesome that be that'd be a, That's that's my dream match for Forbidden Door. I hangman think I think Tanahashi. this was like
1: 2018 or 19 during the the G1, if I'm not mistaken. Well, if I have to look that up later, but I remember him. I remember the quote of him saying that at a press conference, or was it Ring of Honor All In? I, I can't remember.
0: Oh, the, oh, this was holy shit. This is when the Hangman was in the G1. This was okay. Okay. Wow. Hey, he's gonna remove okay, that poison yeah, so, from him. Yeah, because he said he's too good for the bullet. He was saying that uh, Hangman was too good for the bullet club. Okay, so this might not have any relevance to to, to this day and age, but it also could. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Let's go on because, again, I could talk about this for a whole episode, but uh, I'm sure that Tony Khan knows exactly what to do with his world title, and I'm sure that no matter what the outcome is, I know I'm going to be fine with it, and it's going to be really interesting to see the story that plays out because of that match. Really interesting main event. But what wasn't an interesting match was Chris Jericho versus Santana. I didn't give a fuck about this one. You want to lead this one?
1: Uh, I, I, I'm seeing where it goes and stuff, but, like, I'm tired of the whole, oh, it's five versus three, like, dynamic. Like, I get it. You're setting up for either homicide or someone else to come and back them up, the LAX reunion against the JAS. But it's, like I said, not everything needs to be a long-term slow burn, you know? I think you can mix in both uh, good and bad. I mean, both short. Like, four-week stories, uh, epic stories. You know, you can mix in all of that here, okay? Like, this is, this is just... This has gone a little bit too long enough, and, you know?
0: And it really sucks that fucking Santana and Ortiz have been relegated to just being the backup. It sucks, dude. Like, did I ever think Santana was actually going to win this match? Not at all. Because he's not Eddie Kingston. He's not the leader of this... Of this little subdivision they got going on, it sucks, dude. I mean, I don't think I think that they are gonna be way too far removed from the tag team title picture. I don't think we're ever gonna see Santana Ortiz challenge for the tag titles ever again.
1: I hope so, man. I hope they come back for the tag titles. Don't them. That would make me really sad, but I don't want to see that happen. Fuck.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't either. But I mean, like at this point, it feels like the writing's kind of on the wall where where they kinda of stand in the in the grand scheme of AEW, just being the backup to people. Like they could never get out of Chris Jericho's shadow. Now it feels like they're just never gonna get out of any shadow. Like I don't know how you can convincingly book them the way you've booked them for their entire three year stint so far, or two and a half year stint so it's far. It's just been that, sidekicks. Exactly. I can never I'm never gonna think Batman's actually gonna be Robin. Like I, I can't I can't think of a scenario where you can really write them into being Stepping out of the shadows of people. And it sucks to say that.
1: Yeah, man, but... We'll see where it goes, man. We'll see where that story goes, but...
0: eh. Let it play out. But, I mean, uh... At least moving on to the match of the night, man. Like, Ray Phoenix and Dante Martin put on a fucking show. Like, these two are so talented. Apparently... Apparently, I... This is what I read from Reddit, but... Ray Phoenix apparently gave Dante Martin his mask. After the match. I don't... I... I didn't look into if there was any video clips of that, but apparently that's what happened because these two put on a banger. I've loved Dante Martin. Uh, Andy's favorite wrestler, like when we first started watching AEW together, was Ray Phoenix, And this was just a hell of a match. They put on such a good show. The When they were doing the... It uh, looked like it was going to be the uh, Spanish fly off the top rope or the double backflip, the double moonsault. And they both land on their feet and they just kind of look at each other and they respect each other. It was so good. And... Again, if if they had made this match with a little bit of storyline, besides just there it's an Owen Cup qualifier, would have been great. But I'm taking what I can get because this was the only other highlight of the show for me besides the Wardlow and W. Morrissey match.
1: It was a fucking great match, man. These, this was this was like watching the like a Super Saiyan or something like a Dragon Ball Z fight up in the fucking skies, or they're just like fighting each other and doing a bunch of shit. And these guys are just high flyers, man. You tell them, like, hey, you know what? I, I just need you to fuck the sky for about 20 minutes and you do whatever the fuck you want. That's Wanna what they fuck did. Fuck this guy? Fuck the sky, you know? Oh! <laughs> so, so <laughs> Uh, back back on NBA, like, people would post uh, reactions of what Chinese people thought, like, on, on Chinese forums whenever they would watch, like, NBA games. Like, hey, this is the, this is the Chinese forum's reaction to the NBA playoffs, and this is Golden State. And they had a name for Steph Curry on the Chinese forums that would roughly translate to Stephen Skyfucker Curry with all the threes <laughs> you would <had a> ring. <laughs> Skyfucker.
0: That's so fucking good. Holy fuck. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, these these boys were fucking the sky for sure. They were... Dante Martin has such an insane way of just staying airborne for so long. It's nuts to me. I... I was really happy with this match. I knew Ray Phoenix obviously had a win because he just came back from the injury. They weren't gonna have him lose right away. But it was a really competitive match. I hope we see more of Dante in a big in a big fight highlight because ever since he's been, you know, put into the spotlight after that Kenny match, it's been great. I love seeing Dante Martin. It's it's been confirmed that Darius is actually out with a uh, he got a nasty he got into a little nasty car accident. So he's gonna be out for a couple months, but man, man, just, that, that what dude's a had bad the worst break luck. that boy.
1: I feel so bad. Sucks, dude. He's had dude. such bad luck, man.
0: He he was so over with the crowd when he came back. Everybody always said that he was the more charismatic of the two. And you can easily see that. But Dante has gotten back up there. And I think once he's back and you can put Top Flight into a decent storyline within the tag division, those two those two dudes are multiple champs down the line. Like, no like no questions asked about it.
1: Oh, 100%. Like, these, these dudes are going to be... Th- the tag team champion at some point, like their coronation, may be like a year or two away, but it's gonna happen, and it's gonna be so well deserved.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be great. Uh, moving on to the main event, a match that I feel like nobody in the arena cared for, but Mercedes Martinez took on Diana Peraza, the the virtuosa of Impact, for the uh to unify the Ring of Honor Women's World Title. The match was okay. It was it wasn't bad. Wasn't amazing. I
1: felt I I like the last five minutes is where it really started to get the crowd a little bit invested, but they just didn't have enough time.
0: Yeah, it ends with with a dragon sleeper from Mercedes Martinez, and she is your unified Ring of Honor women's champion. I my friend Cody was actually at the uh, at the show and I, I messaged him over Discord. I was like, dude, is the crowd like as dead as it comes across on TV? And he was like, It's worse here live. Like it was I don't know when the energy got sucked out of the the building because Dante Martin and, and Ray Phoenix put on a hell of a show. And I don't, I don't believe that the house of black thing was right after the Dante Ray Phoenix match. It might, it, man, was it? Could No, that's not right. Is it?
1: I think no, no, fuck. Huh?
0: <laughs> like, I, I don't know where the crowd got lost between Ray Phoenix and, and Dante Martin into Mercedes versus Deanna. But the crowd was just so dead, dude. It was it was nuts. It was nuts to see that like these two women who everyone in the IWC and and the fandom love to death, but when they actually get a main event slot, like there's not a lot of support there. And again, the match was okay. It wasn't a barn burn or anything, but I'm not gonna put that on the performers. It's not it's not anything on them. I just don't know why the crowd was so fucking dead
1: yeah man uh it like i said i think they just didn't know him that that's the only explanation i could think of and i don't mean you sit here and talk about like oh diana perazu or or all oh, tanahashi or all oh, zach saber jr but like the regular person who is barely into dynamite and knows darby allen knows jungle boy or, or knows tony storm or Britt baker they probably don't know these guys like and that's 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 the presentation's fault. It's product's fault for not selling who this is and like you gotta you gotta like let the audience know like hey this guy's one of these titles here, blah 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 blah, you know, his upper echelon of impact, something. Yeah, let these guys like deal with something, you know.
0: Yeah. And they just yeah, did a I poor just... job of that. Yeah, I mean I mean yeah. Yeah, they really did they really did do a poor job of it, but I mean the women the women got spotlights all over for rampage and also Dynamite like another women's main event hopefully this is a sign of things to come what we didn't talk about involving the women was the Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa promo because this was not great <laughs> man
1: I don't give a I fuck I, I'm down for that
0: fucking match <laughs> I, I'm down for the match but I mean I mean come on dude the promos have to have to do something for the match too like it can't just be all you know like already preset hype for it that we've had for it like you need to make the build into the match mean just as much as the anticipation we've had before it
1: yeah i know but i i i i I enjoyed it you know and i i
0: saw i saw everyone saying on reddit that uh oh thunder rosa's exposed is like not being a great promo that doesn't fucking matter like what matters is that she's genuine about it i think it translates better when she's doing either like the backstage pre-tape like passionate ones, those come across way harder than the live ones she do than she does in front of a live audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also understand that you can't build an entire championship reign just on pre-tape package promos in the back before hours before the event goes. But um, people who are thinking that Thunder Rose is fucking shot because of promos is fuck. They're fucking stupid. <laughs> fucking, I fucking hate fans so much sometimes. Fickle, they <laughs> fickle. They really are
1: fickle, What's man. Like
0: it's crazy. Like one second they're behind people. Everybody was behind Thunder Rosa, wanting her to win. And in the first chance they get, they want to talk shit about like any goddamn criticism they have. Fucking stupid. Get and I know,
1: I, I know, we get in here and talk talk our mess sometimes. But I feel like at least with ours, no, I don't feel like I. I think with ours, it's it's more like. Not because we're fickle, but it's more like, hey, this is something that's not just—it's just not good. This is just bad Exactly. bad creative. I'm,
0: I'm I'm giving my gen, like my genuine two cents on the matter. I'm not going into to a subreddit, and under an anonymous name, and just trying to talk shit about people. Like, I I care about this product, so that's why I'm gonna criticize the things I feel should be criticized. I'm just not—I'm not gonna just blatantly shit on it. I'm not going to come on here and say Thunder Rose is awful. She's a bad champion. I'm not going to say that. I, I, I showed, I said what I thought works very well with her. Again, the backstage promos where she's really passionate and lets loose. And I think she just needs to work on the live, the live promos. That's it. That's like, I, people are, fuck God, people are fucking stupid. I hate
1: people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're getting worked. I'm getting worked by dumbasses on Reddit, apparently.
1: Yeah, dude, you're you're getting worked, man. I you need to step away.
0: Yeah, let's step away into Rampage because this Rampage was honestly Rampage was a better show than Dynamite this past week. I,
1: been, I I enjoyed that Rampage, man. That
0: was good. I I thoroughly enjoyed it, dude. Tony Storm and Ruby Soho started off the night defeating uh, Jamie Hader and Britt Baker in a fun match. What this is the way to do multi women matches WWE. Without, <laughs> without, without insulting people's intelligence and without making it feel like it was inconsequential to anything, all four of these women are in the Owen Cup. I feel like this is a uh, kind of a, a sign of things to come that Hater might actually get the win over Tony Storm. Possibly, there's it gives a little bit more credibility because there, there's always the the classic trope of. You know, oh, if if the good guy wins in a in a, a meeting before like a big, meaning match, then the heel's gonna win that time. And Tony Storm is taking on Jamie Hader in the first round of the Owen for the women. So, this I think this gives a little bit more possibility that Hader can actually step away with a win in their match.
1: Yeah, man, the uh, the first round is very interesting, especially with with the uh, Britt Baker, Tony Storm, and then you got Jamie Hader. Like, what if? Tony storm actually loses. And then you have Jamie hater and Britt Baker face off in a semis or something, you know? So there's a and, lot of potential Brit, stories heading there. And
0: Britt also has the Joker. So that can either be a debut. Uh, it could be an Athena debut. It could be a return Penelope Ford. Maybe I don't think so though. Um, you have a lot of possibilities with the Joker. The Joker opens up a lot of things. Um, and they actually did announce the men's bracket too. Um, Samoa Joe is going to be taking on the Joker. And if you don't know, the Joker is just a random, uh, a mysterious person they haven't announced officially. And, uh, I mean, I don't even know who Samoa Joe could honestly face. That could be the literally anyone. I don't have any big theories about that one.
1: I'm kind of a lost a loss with that too, man. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, it's exciting. Definitely. It's exciting, but
0: <laughs> like, imagine if it's Cesaro, wouldn't that be fucking insane? He did just tweet today,
1: uh, quote-unquote soon with a couple dots at the end so could we be seeing him as a joker coming up in your own tournament i mean sign me the fuck up <laughs> that's one I mean, look I, mean, I know you t- i know you talk shit a lot about cesaro but that's one guy i'm genuinely super excited to see him come and
0: listen you talk 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 shit is a bit is a bold claim my friend
1: I, I was waiting for you to back it up.
0: I'm waiting. I I have only said that I don't believe Cesaro is a main event world title picture player. You're Vince McMahon telling very... Daniel,
1: Daniel Bryan he's only a B-plus player.
0: No, I, doll, no you're, no, you're he, the Miz. You're the Miz. Here's why. Here's why. I think Cesaro exceeds in tag team matches and the mid-card matches where he can elevate that title. He does it better than even Daniel Bryan did in WWE. Da- Daniel Bryan in tag matches... Is a is it's a no it's a no for me. But Cesaro makes any tag team work. He put he's a workhorse like no other, and I think everything he's done in the mid card. There's never been a bad thing he's done in the mid card. I don't think he's a main event player because how well he succeeds in the mid card. That's the all. It's not shit talking. That's just my two cents and giving giving credit where credit's due because Cesaro's a hell of a worker.
1: Ah. Uh. I think he, I, I'm not saying he could be the, the champ, but what I am saying is that I think you could put this dude in the main event with the main title and make it believable that he would win. And if you gave him that win, I wouldn't be upset at it.
0: I, uh, I, I, just, I, I don't see it. I don't see him being a world title picture player. I think, again, I've always thought that he succeeds just way better in the mid-card and the tag team title pictures. But... That's just me.
1: Fair enough to each his own.
0: Exactly. It'd be it'd be insane if that was the fucking Joker though. That'd be no put him in put him in a feud with Eddie ASAP too. Get that shit off the ground. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs>
1: have Eddie uh, take your the Your second L.
0: match of the night. Oh, sorry, what? Okay. I said have Eddie take the L. Oh god, yeah. I mean he'd have to at that point. Anyway, your second match of Rampage was Hook defeating JD Drake in a squash match again. Uh when Hook gets a real good first match, it's gonna be great, man. Hook is so fucking smooth. Everything he does impresses me. And then after the match, Dan Housen comes out, talks about how Tony Nese has challenged him uh, in Long Island. I'm assuming that's on next week's Rampage, not on Dynamite. Yep. And Dan Housen was proposing that Hook be in uh, his corner as uh, Smart Mark Sterling is always going to be in Tony Nese's corner. Hook uh, pushes Dan Housen to the ground after Dan Housen touches his chest. And in a really nice fucking touch and show of confliction, Dan Housen had brought birthday chips for Hook as a sign of good faith. And this is the first time I think we've ever seen Hook look any sort of remorseful. So fucking good by Hook with the facial expressions. It's
1: strange how this is probably the best store in the company right now. (laughs) Along with Wardlow.
0: (laughs) Bro, like, this storyline is so hot. It's, It's a great way to finally get Hook some personality and character work in. And... Who else but Danhausen to work with as a great first like comedy, like Booker uh, oh, T. Look at these, gold these yeah, these two, these two guys shouldn't work, but they do. Like that, that kind of storyline, so fucking good. Hook Housen's already over, like a motherfucker. So good.
1: It's it's good shit, man. It's good shit.
0: I I'm very excited to see how this. I I feel like the easy setup for this, um, you know, maybe uh hook causes a distraction after he got jumped by tony knees causes Danhausen to win and then maybe you do the blow-off match uh be hook versus tony knees on the on the kickoff for double or nothing i feel like that's the easy setup right there
1: yeah yeah i agree that that's a good setup for that
0: definitely call me t- call me the booker extraordinaire baby. i I'm think sh- i think tony road.
1: conch delegated to us man
0: I'm telling you, dude. I mean, give give me give me half of Rampage. I'll take half of Rampage as a start to prove my metal, like against against TK. Give me half of Rampage to start, then maybe we can work up to like I don't know all the, the second hour of Dynamite where you kind of show you're fucking up, TK. <laughs> but who who am I to judge? I'm just the guy talking about wrestling on a podcast while Tony Khan's playing literal literal action figures with. With AEW, it's insane to think about sometimes. too.
1: yeah, you know JJ Abrams doing that with Star Wars and fucking it up, but whatever.
0: Ah, uh, he didn't fuck. He didn't fuck up Star Trek though. I'll give him. I love. I love that that Star Trek. So good that 2007 one. So fuck. Ugh, Chef's kiss. Eh. Anyway. Wow, wow. Okay, all right. It's an it's a it's an air eh from Nathan. But anyway, your third match of Rampage was another the final. Uh, Owen Hart Cup qualifier match for the women's bracket, Riho defeating the magical girl Yuka Sakazaki this was good this shit was, this was another great fucking match Nathan take the reins.
1: oh man I just finished fucking watching that man, that was a good match I really like the I, I, they really did the, They did this promo with Riho and Yuka talking about how like Yuka has always wanted to kind of like beat Riho and she's wondering how she measures up when she next meets her again and Riho talks about how she was the former women's champion and she wants to go for the title again and this was just the perfect Joshi stardom. Let them do what the fuck they're going to do. These are good women's wrestlers. Go for it. And these two, these two women could fucking go. They're young and they could fucking go. And Riho is over as shit. She is such a huge draw. The fans love her. I fucking love her. And, you know, Yuka, Yuka's good too. She's only had, like, I think one or two matches before this in AEW until the pandemic set and they were locked out of the, the U S and stuff. But man, I'm glad, I'm glad to see these Joshi's again, dude. They, I think they're the injection. These, the women's division needs.
0: Yeah. I'm right there with you, dude. This match was super fun. It moved at an incredible pace. It kept me interested the entire way through. They both were pulling out all the stops that, that flapjack from the top rope looked fucking brutal. Um, when they were doing all the chain wrestling and countering, that was amazing. I really hope we see more of Yuka in the States and especially on AEW because she's awesome. She's great. I don't I can't remember exactly how young they both are. Um but I mean like come on, dude. Like how are you like I think I think Yuka's twenty nine. And I think Riho is like twenty She's twenty two. Oh, she's,
1: she's or twenty two. Twenty two or twenty three, yeah. She's like She's younger than I know she's younger than us. Yeah, she's yeah. younger
0: than us. I think Yuka's about to hit thirty. But I know Rio again, Rio's younger than us. But I mean, just give give these this is a this is proof in the pudding that if we give good wrestlers good amount of time, that they're gonna steal not only the fans' attentions, but they're gonna be able to get promoted into better storylines. I'm really excited for all the, the interwoven stories to kinda come through during the Owen Cup. And I hope I am praying to God, the wrestling gods, old and new, that the women's tournament, the match time is equal to or more than the the men's side. I really hope that. I really hope they do justice by that.
1: Yep. Give the women the time that they need and the time to shine, baby. I, I would love to see that.
0: Man. All right. On to your main event for AEW Rampage. Jay Lethal took on a uh, national TV debuting, I believe. Um, right? Is that true? Did he make, was that his, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. He took on, oh, Kanosuke Takeshita. What a wrestler dog. He was he's been dubbed as the future of DDT. It was rookie of the year in 2013. I think he's the youngest, uh, KOD openweight champion. Uh, and I believe he's one of the few people that Kenny, like, I'm sure Kenny wishes he had, yeah, like he, I wish I I'm sure Kenny wishes he stayed in DDT just to wrestle because man, this dude can fucking go. He has a unique swagger to him, a unique wrestling style to him, to catch the style. So good. Dude, he was and popping. Ma- was he, he was guy.
1: making Mark Henry and Big Sh- and Paul White pop about how good he is. Like I was listening to those Lethal... two, watch us fight. Or watch oh, another I one watch of his, on Yeah, watching his dark matches and stuff, and they're like Man, this dude's so fucking. Like, when you can get wrestlers to pop, <laughs> that says something yeah, you know a lot know you're about you. you doing
0: something right. Yeah. And Jay Lethal, I believe, is a perfect Full. guy to have your first. Oh, show you. Show you B Nadio? Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. Give me a second.
0: Continue. Oh, uh, I was going to say, Jay Lethal is the perfect guy to, ha- to have your first. Uh, he's like the perfect opponent for your first TV style match. Uh, Jay, Jay Lethal was there on the counters playing the heel work. Takeshita was getting over with all of his baby face and insane style moves. That jumpy knee is so fucking crisp. Jay Lethal, of course, uh, getting the uh, interference by his outside party so that the ref didn't see the obvious like 15 count Takeshita got after hitting the knee. Uh, Jay Lethal hits the lethal injection for the win. And this does protect Takeshita, which I'm very happy. I'm glad they're not going to just put all of the AEW and Ring of Honor guys over him. Uh, clearly Takeshita can go. He pinned him for again a 15 count it felt like and after that Sitnam Singh, the 7 foot Indian wrestler debuting for AEW a couple weeks back was in the the ring to start attacking Takeshita only for the best friends to come and try and make the save of course uh, Satnam Singh beats down the best friends and this prompts Samoa Joe to come out and I think I am fucking sick and goddamn fucking tired of the trope of security holding people back. It feels like it's been done so long in AEW up to this point. And I, I'm sure that's only because it, it's like a heavy focus for the Wardlow story. But man, I'm I'm kind of over that fucking trope in wrestling as a whole.
1: I forgot if it was last week or this week, but like the security came out and it felt like an old school ending where Like they were legit just fighting each other. And, like, the security couldn't get control of the situation. They went off the air saying, hey, you know, we're going to try to get this under control, but we wish you the best. They have a thank you for joining us again, blah, 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 blah. And they are still fighting the ring. Like, that's, I'm okay with that. But them just talking shit with security, like, yeah, 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 Like, nah, nah. I, I get tired of that after a while, too, so I understand your your gripe.
0: But, I mean, I think that'll be a whatever match. I'm not chomping it a bit for a Satnam Singh versus Samoa Joe match. But I mean, it, it's clearly the story they want to tell, and they will tell. Um, it's just a matter to see of how much it's gonna, how much it's gonna matter, and how much of a proving ground it's gonna be for Sotnem Singh when he makes his in ring debut. Like uh, the,
1: the 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 execution of his <laughs> What of the fuck is that? I'll, I'll, you know, like I was trying to talk, and then like I just like like my tongue did like a seven car pile up in my mouth, and it just collided with the walls in there. But I was going to say the debut was very poorly executed, and I think we could all admit that. But yep. I have faith that when he debuts, he'll actually be half-decent in the ring, and he'll be like, oh, okay, you know, that was cool. I like that.
0: Yeah, I hope he can maybe do a little bit more of just the... more than just the big man kind of moveset, but I'm not going to be having high expectations for him either. That's that's unfair to him.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's just his first debuted and stuff. I mean... It depends who you, you got to give him someone who's going to make him look good.
0: He's going to get Joe. It has to be Joe. Not in his debut match. I'm sh- I, I, I I think so. I think I think uh Satnam Singh and Jay Lethal are going to cost Joe the first round since he's fighting the Joker. Maybe Satnam Singh is the Joker and he wins. I don't know. I wouldn't like but that. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't like that either. I think you just have Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh cost Joe the match. Joe goes after him. And then that—that's how you get his first feud with Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is a who's who. He knows how to help people with their first matches. He's an amazing in-ring producer, but also wrestler. So, I think I think Samoa Joe is an easy tee-up for that. Like where we're coming at from the story-wise and everything.
1: Yeah, uh, fair enough. Fair enough there. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to see Joe take a take a loss, but.
0: Oh, trust me, I wouldn't either, dude. I fucking. I would not like that in the least, but it is what it is. Uh, that is your AEW recap from us boys, the marks. Uh, look at us. We got through that pretty well, bro. What? We're in an hour 30 right now, but it is what it is. I
1: mean, you baby big, <laughs> big chungus.
0: Oh, man, for sure. For sure, man. I got to stay up to edit this one. That's going to be fun. <laughs>
1: I'll be right there with you, daddy. But uh, oh. I don't know. Kyle, do you want to send us home today?
0: oh uh, yeah 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 i can do that i can do that um i want to thank each and every future kind edit that oh, that was bad bleep it out that'd be funny the but engaged one thing. the engaged one oh oh i forgot about that why the engaged one i'm yeah, keeping I you honest I mean, i'm keeping you honest uh i want to thank you again for joining and tuning into another episode of missing the Mark, the podcast again where two friends just come back bullshit talk about all the bullshit they want and also toss in some wrestling sometimes because man this episode got away with us with a spin silly parts but it is what it is Uh, go check out those interviews we got over on the YouTube if you want to watch our mugs or go replay the episodes here on your podcast service that you're listening to also uh, please rate us on whatever podcast service you listen to it really it sounds corny but it really does help us in the long way in the long run helps us with the reach the engagement all the all the boring analytical stuff. Uh, leave us reviews, comments, likes, all that good stuff. Please and thank you. This is always a labor of love. I love doing this podcast. It's fun. Just come talk, resting with my boy, my boy Nate. Um, that, that's all I got. Again, be kind, go get vaccinated, stay safe out there. And I will talk to you next week. Nathan, say goodbye to the lovely people. Bye,
1: everyone. Fuck Kyle Bush. Hell yeah.